Good morning, Victory Church. How is everybody today? Quiet. All right. Thank you, Troy. And thank, thanks, Troy, for your message. I received that. Uh, thanks, Michelle, for leading us in our Advent reading and transition. Thanks, uh, Tyler and Nadine, for uh, kicking off worship this morning. Um, it is so great to see everyone here. Um, again, my name's Kate, and uh, I have the privilege of serving on the operations and prayer teams here at Victory. Um, and I am delighted to get to be up here on stage this morning. Um, it's so good to be back inside, too. I missed last weekend, so this is actually, I guess, my only second time being back inside um, since we've, we've been gone. So this feels good and, and familiar, and uh, so, so good to be here with all of you. Um, it is uh, Thanksgiving week, so I hope everyone had an awesome Thanksgiving. I hope that uh, you got to spend time with either your families or friends or maybe even alone and in the quiet and uh, just got to rest and eat and uh, enjoy this holiday. Um, so we have been in a sermon series uh, this, this month entitled, as Troy said earlier, Lord, I give you thanks. And we have had the great privilege of hearing from uh, Dr. Stefan Wheelock, who I think I saw earlier today. Maybe, is he here? Okay, I thought I saw him earlier. Never mind, but uh, go back and listen to uh, uh, Stefan's uh, sermon, First of the Month, Cultivating a Spirit of Gratitude. Uh, then Troy talked to us about sowing the talents of Thanksgiving. And then, as Troy said, we had the honor of hosting uh, Pastor Deborah Blanks uh, last weekend, who told us about or talked to us about uh, turning thanks into praise. And I, I highly recommend uh, you go back and listen to each of those messages. Um, so I have the privilege of closing down this series today, and um, I'm going to look at uh, giving thanks through somewhat of a different lens, uh, which I'll get to um, momentarily. But um, because it was Thanksgiving week, um, I hope you all have had the chance, as I have had, to, to actually dwell on the things that you are thankful for, that you've actually gotten to lay out and consider all the blessings in your life, which I'm sure they are many. Um, I, for one, I've, I've been with my family all week. My parents are actually here this morning. Dad, wake up over there. Yep. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm so thankful um, just for a, a variety of blessings that, that God has uh, laid upon me. Um, one of them, of course, is Victory, uh, Victory Church, and I am so thankful for the many opportunities to, to serve here, really, uh, to the way that God has allowed me to sow into this ministry and has allowed me to watch others sow into this ministry and how he has allowed us to be sharpened uh, together here over time. Um, and as I thought about Victory, um, I got to thinking about our history, and so I just want us to take a minute um, as we uh, could maybe corporately dwell um, on some of the testimonies that Victory has experienced over the years. And I'm going to take us way back. And uh, so this is kind of going to be a little did you know type situation, maybe a little Victory trivia, um, just to highlight, again, some testimonies. So uh, did you know that uh, right as we got started, actually before we even got started on Sunday mornings regularly, we were meeting at the YMCA over by McIntyre Park. Anybody? Anybody know that? Yep. Okay. Okay. A few hands. There we go. 
And uh, we were meeting there, I think it was monthly. Again, this is, this is uh, victory history from my memory, so just, just know that. If, it's in, if someone else wants to debate me, please do, maybe later. But um, so we met over at the YMCA, this, this core group of folks who had this um, leader who had a vision for a church here in Charlottesville. And it was a combination of people in town uh, here in Charlottesville and a combination of people from our sending church, Grace Covenant Church, and I think some others um, who had either just randomly heard about uh, Victory Church or were looking for something new or uh, there were plenty of ways people got plugged in, but take us back to that because uh, we actually, there was a time where we were hoping uh, to actually host services at the YMCA, that YMCA, but I don't know if you knew that uh, before we were able to sign a contract, another church actually got that space. I think it was a church, maybe, was it a church? Yeah, it was a church. So we uh, all of a sudden didn't, didn't have a plan. Um, but we had a huge testimony come about when we actually found the Boys and Girls Club. So that, praise God, happened, and that's where we kicked things off. So there's your little, there's your little trivia there. Okay, um, did you know that uh, on Monday nights we host a prayer call, right? Everybody knows that, hopefully by now. Everybody's called in, hopefully by now. All right, maybe not, but you should. Uh, this prayer call has been uh, in effect for three and a half or so years now. Every Monday night for three and a half years, we have been gathering corporately via phone to pray. And now even we gather Monday through Saturday mornings, uh, 20 minutes each morning to pray corporately for this body. Again, that uh, is a huge testimony Right? The, the prayer call has grown. We've seen uh, folks that have called in from all over the country. We have seen uh, prayer team members who have come and gone. We have a prayer team leader. Um, and the, the, the prayers lifted by this body have been heard and have been responded to. Uh, did you know that uh, we are here in this building because uh, our, our, our initial services, again, were at the Boys and Girls Club. And... Um, we outgrew it. We outgrew the space we were in. A little church plant outgrew their home in the first, I think it was month. It might have been less than a month. Huge testimony. People came out of what seemed like thin air, thin air out of nowhere to be part of what we, Victory, were and are doing. So, uh, again, it was a similar situation where, uh, praise God, a lot of churches around town uh, are occupying all these auditoriums, but we were able to find Walker and get in Sidewalker. And not only that, we've uh, if you've been here before the pandemic, we actually um, have hosted uh, after-service fellowship in this art room right up front. And a major testimony for us was that uh, we were offered this entire space with the exception of the art room. But uh, through prayer and through um, contact with the art room teacher, just over time, gradual relationship building over time, she actually opened her space up to us something that we thought we were gonna to have to work around, uh, God was faithful and we have hosted, as you know, many, uh, many great moments of fellowship there. Uh, did you know that uh, we had, we were a church plant, right? So when groups were starting, when victory groups were starting, we had zero, right? And Paul uh, set a goal and, and, and made the call for leaders to come and serve and again, almost out of thin air, we had leaders show up 
right? We had people show up and now we have Tiffany. How many groups do we have now? Seven? Seven. Seven. Seven's the number. But we had zero. I mean, there's been so much growth here at Victory. Um, and I just want to, I want to point us back and I hope that you'll take a moment um, as I have to, to consider not only our corporate testimonies, but also your individual testimonies of being affiliated with this church. Now my final, um, my final kind of did you know this morning is actually going to point us uh, towards today's sermon. And uh, did you know that one of our founding scriptures, at least the way I understand it, this is one of our founding scriptures, is 1 Corinthians 15:57, which reads, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Has anyone else heard that? Anyone else know that? Yeah. All right, there we go. Zandy is my amen corner this morning. I appreciate that, Zandy. So we, victory, um, as again we're in the sermon series, Lord, I give you thanks. We are rooted. We are actually rooted in this notion of thanks to God. That our, our name actually reminds us why we must always be offering up praises of thanksgiving to God because he gives us indeed the victory in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so in that, I'm, I'm making the proposition today that uh, thanks should be our, our lifeblood pointing us constantly back to the cross. So with that, um, if you would, uh, I'd love for us to stand, if you're able, um, in reverence for the word of God as we read our scripture today, which is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 to 58. This reads, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for this morning. God, I ask that you would move me out of the way and speak through me, Lord. I pray that the gospel would be preached and received this morning. It's in Jesus' name we ask and pray these things. Amen. And you may be seated. Uh, so again, uh, we victory are rooted in this notion of thanks to God. And actually, the, the title of my sermon today is simply victory, or, or well, it, it's, only, it's victory, not simply victory, not only, it's victory. 
And um, the, the message, uh, my, my message today is actually a scripture memorization challenge for all of us. I want uh, all of us to memorize this week uh, 1 Corinthians 15:57, which again reads, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, as we consider how we, um, how, how, how thanks should be our lifeblood, I want us to remember also uh, and to look ahead to the practical application of what that means for this church. As we uh, read at the end of uh, this, this passage um, in verse 58, that there is a therefore, which as we know, uh, particularly as Paul Harris used to say it all the time, if there is a therefore, we must know what it's therefore and um, so I'm gonna just take us back um, to the text today and situate us uh, here in 1st Corinthians um, in this letter uh, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth uh, he is in Ephesus and the Corinthians are facing uh, division in their church uh, particularly just disunity among believers and uh, believers who are seeking personal advancement over advancement of the gospel. It's kind of a, a, um, <clears throat> a messy situation. And um, in this, this section, as we, as we we're, we're in chapter 15, so you really need to go back and read the entirety of chapter 15. But here, uh, Paul is talking about the resurrection and the importance of the re resurrection. Um, effectively, that... The resurrection of Christ is everything. The resurrection of Christ is the cornerstone of our faith. And he is reminding believers in Corinth, as I am reminding us here today, that without the resurrection, this is pointless. Without the resurrection, we can just go home. Without the resurrection, we are sitting here spinning our wheels. Without the resurrection, all of our labor is in vain. There is no good deed. We might as well just go and live however we decide. There's no, there's no reason to care for others. There's, there's no hope. There's no future if there is no resurrection. So Paul is uh, reminding the church in Corinth um, that they've got to stand firm in this initial truth because this truth, again, dictates everything else around them, that they um, if they allow false teachers to kind of infiltrate their church and they move away from this teaching that everything's in vain. And with that, um, he responds to kind of questions of what it looks like uh, for the resurrection to actually take place and how the dead will be raised. And again, this is leading up to where we, where we are in verse 50, but kind of between the talk of the resurrection and to where we are, um, he is reminding us that we are descendants of Adam, that we are formed from the dust, and it is to dust that we will return. Our, our natural bodies are perishable, that we are decaying, that we are dying. But we actually get to look forward to uh, being raised with Christ, who is the man from heaven, so he has a heavenly, eternal nature, and that we will actually one day inherit heavenly bodies that are imperishable, that can actually exist in the eternal spaces. 
He actually compared it, again, go back and read Paul specifically, compared it to a seed, and the seed must die to then be transformed into something that it's not. <coughs> so in this case, we are turning a natural body into a spiritual body. This, again, leads us to our text. So now we find ourselves here in verse 50. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must, must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of sin is death, and the power of sin is the law. So as Paul said, the, our bodies as they are cannot receive the eternal kingdom, the eternal state that is coming. So in, in this verse, he's actually talking about that moment when Christ comes again, and we are actually transformed. He said that those who are asleep, those who are dead, will first receive their heavenly bodies. And then some who have not fallen asleep, meaning believers who, who are alive at the time, will in an instant be transformed into their new heavenly bodies. The last trumpet, of course, um, the, the a trumpet in the Old Testament actually signaled the presence of God. So the last trumpet is actually when we are dwelling uh, with God forever. And the mystery that Paul is talking about is what I, I just said, of that, that some won't actually die, but they will be changed when Christ comes, those who believe, into uh, the resurrection body. And these resurrection bodies, while we don't necessarily know exactly what they look like, that we know that they will be uh, crafted in such a way that we can experience the realities of uh, the glory that is to come. Now, uh, the sting of death, Paul uh, references here is is uh, the the is that sin has entered into this world and sin that has entered into this world in the garden has actually caused all this brokenness around us and so sin is the means by which we are actually facing death and without Christ we are unable uh, to defeat that sin because we are imperfect and we actually have this sinful nature. Uh, the power of sin being the law is actually the fact that uh, when the law came, the law actually allowed us to identify what sin was, right? So the law isn't sin, but law, the law actually uh, identifies what, what sin is. It defines sin. But we, thanks be to God as we read on, in verses 57 to 58. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The victory is victory over sin and death. The victory is the victory that came on the cross. The victory is the resurrection. The victory is that Christ came, as we said, we were in the first week of Advent, Christ actually came as a person. He lived a perfect, 
sinless life, went to the cross on our behalf, and it is through him that we have redemption of our sins. That is the victory. It is through Christ that we are able to escape this imperishable, deplorable situation, this, that we are able to escape this broken world. Without Christ's, again, without Christ's rather resurrection, we're, we're stuck in that. Now, praise God that that is our story. Again, that is our found, one of our founding verses at Victory. And we read it today also um, with the therefore, as I said earlier, uh, tied to this verse, which is um, because of this knowledge, because of the resurrection, we must act a certain way. There is a, pra a, a very practical application. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Here, uh, Paul is talking about, I believe in uh, another translation, instead of saying steadfast, it says stand firm. Here, here, Paul is talking about standing firm in the truth, being steadfast, immovable, unable to um, uh, deviate, from the truth, again, of the resurrection. I'm harping on this because this is everything. This should be everything to us. And Paul's harping on it himself because without it, everything is in vain. But here, uh, if we are indeed uh, preaching that truth, standing firm in that truth, and then devoting ourselves completely, abounding in the work of the Lord, uh, our labor is not in vain. Everything we do, every note we play, every chair we set up, every sermon we film, everything we do as a body, every person that we are able to outreach through, every dollar you pour into the church, every word that is preached actually serves a purpose. Yeah, come on. And even, you know, as we think of abounding in the work of the Lord, what might that look like? Evangelism? Every person who gets saved is not that is not done in vain i don't know about you but my personal day-to-day uh, -day life doesn't always look like this it is hugely imperfect in being steadfast and immovable in the truth of the gospel it is uh, not always abounding in the work of the lord but we are offered this opportunity to participate in what God is doing here. We are, we are uh, presented with this truth that is bigger than all of our circumstances, even though, as you might, and I, I do often get caught up in my circumstances, my perspective is skewed, and, and uh, the things that seem important are not of utmost, important, of utmost importance. The people around me, are not viewed in light of this truth, in light of this victory that we have. I often find myself living in defeat. And of course we live in a broken world, but as we are people, as you know, and we'll say it again, who exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other, what does this what does this victory mean for reconciliation? Again, we live in a, I'm going to say it again, we live in a broken world, and, and all of us, 
we'll experience that differently. But we see brokenness around us. We see it uh, perhaps in our health. We see it perhaps in our relationships. We see it perhaps in our city. We see it in our world. We see uh, poverty. We see um, death, ultimately. So we know that we are fighting this uh, fighting in this space that doesn't feel like it's abounding in victory. And yet, with the resurrection, we actually have this hope, this hope that can indeed overlook our current circumstances, this hope that actually can indeed speak to our current dysfunctions. And so my take on this as we, as we consider, our, consider our vision in light of this founding scripture is that it is through thanks to God, it is through thanks to God for his victory, for his, for his resurrection in viewing everything through the lens of the resurrection that we might actually experience the reconciliation that we are due. Maybe that we aren't due, but that we have anyways. What would it look like to humble ourselves, constantly using thanks as a way to combat our desires that are, um, that, are, that are drawn upon because of our human limitations and to step back and say, actually, maybe I can see it a different way because I am human and I am limited and I am in a broken world. What would it look like if we just kept thanking God for his victory? What would it look like if we kept saying, I don't understand it, but you have you have come, you have risen, Lord, and you have come again. What would it look like if we were able to just exhaust ourselves in thanks such that we do not allow the brokenness of this world to get the last word? If we used, actually, the resurrection to constantly, consistently make us immovable, make us dedicated servants of reconciliation, I think this is our call as we as we as we close this this month of Thanksgiving is to actually put into practice cultivating a spirit of gratitude and and sowing the talents of Thanksgiving and, and converting prayer into pardon me and converting thanks into praise that we're actually participating in thanks participating in reconciliation because the more that we can humble ourselves in thanks the more that we might actually see people reconciled to God and to each other, the more that we can look to what God has done on the cross, what he has done for each one of us who have not deserved it, who find ourselves stuck in brokenness, that is how we find our way to reconciliation, is to see it for ourselves in our undeserving spaces and to see it for others in theirs. God has faithfully sent his son in this season of Advent, again, we, we reflect on the fact that God has, has allowed his son to come and to take on the temptations of this world, to take on flesh, to live a life that we could not live, to die a death that we should have died, that death might not get the final say in our lives, but that we actually have a hope and get to look forward to, look forward to our heavenly bodies, our eternal state in a final, complete dwelling place with God. Amen, Zandy. <laughs>
We, victory, are people who have been founded in the notion of eternal victory. We have been founded in light of the resurrection, as has the Big C Church. But we must convert our belief, convert our convert even our vision into this space of practical application, of abounding in the work of the Lord, of being immovable in the truth, of being steadfast in the gospel. That is our opportunity, and that indeed is what will allow us to be reconciled to God and to each other. Amen. As Pastor Troy has said on many occasions, uh, the gospel has indeed been preached in your hearing today that Christ died for you, that he met each of us in our state of sin, but Christ uh, came and lived a perfect sinless life and offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And it is uh, because of his death and resurrection on the cross that we are saved, that we have access to God, that we have a hope and a future. If this is a truth that you are just hearing for the first time today, or if this is uh, something that you want to be part of, that you want to anchor in this hope and this truth, I encourage you uh, to raise your hand and we will pray for you, pray with you today. Uh, perhaps Christ is calling you right now to, to his body, to his home. That is you, please raise your hand. We thank you. We thank you, God, uh, for all those, Lord, who have heard the gospel. We thank you, Lord, that you have indeed come. We thank you, God, that in this season of Advent, we are able to uh, worship you. We are able to give thanks because you have indeed come. We are, we are thankful, Lord, uh, that you have allowed us to participate in what you are doing on this earth, God. We ask that we would be people who give thanks constantly for your resurrection, for our faith, God. We we praise you that we have a hope and a future, and we ask that because of your goodness, because of your victory, Lord, that we would allow ourselves, God, to pour into your kingdom, that we would be immovable and steadfast in the truth, and that we would indeed, God, be constantly abounding in the good work of your kingdom. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Victory. Have a great Sunday.